Shalom to all. Today's daf is Erevin daf Yud Zayin. We're starting two lines from the top. The second word on the line. Today's daf is sponsored. B'schos Zisol Bas Chayesara. She should have refuah shleima bakar of mamish. It's also sponsored. Leilu Nishmas Yaakov ben Naftali Hertz and Leilu Nishmas Yaakov Yisrael ben Tzvi Akoyin. Their neshamas should have an aliyah. Now we're in the middle of discussing our caravan, which is defined by a group of three people that had encamped in the middle of an open field and how they can build an Erev. We had said that they can make it with what we call lavud straps, three ropes positioned one on top of another within three tzvachim of each other. But since this is considered an inferior Erev because it has only Erev and not chassis, there was a machlekes of how big an area is allowed to be encompassed by this Erev. Everyone agreed that the area may be at least six beisah. The Chachamim said it could be as large as necessary as long as there isn't two beisah of completely unused space. So the Gemara says, Amrav Gidol Amarav, Asurin. Sometimes there can be three people in an area encompassed by five Beisah and it would still be Asur for them to use that Erev. But B'Sheva Mutarn, it could be that they're in an area of seven Beisah and it would be Mutter to use that Erev. And the Gemara says, Amrulay, they told him, Amrav Hachi, did Rav really say that? Amrulay, he told them, By the Taira Nevi Menksuvim, Rav said this. This is a Lashon of Shavua. And Amrav Ashi, Rav Ashi said, My Kasha, what's the problem for Rav to say this? Dom Hachi Kamar, perhaps this is what he was saying. If these three people need six beisav, and they surrounded seven beisav area, so then it's permitted for them to use this entire area because there isn't an area of two beisav that's unused. There's only one unused beisav. If they only need five beisav, and they surrounded an area of seven beisav, then they're not allowed to even use five that they actually need. The Gemara says, is that true? We had said previously that the Shittas Chachamim was, there's not allowed to be two beisav of unused space. My lavin does that mean panim adam that it's open from people? Now, what does that mean? Every person is automatically granted two beisa of space for his personal use, even if he doesn't need that much. So, if three people are together, that's a minimum of six beisa, and then an additional, slightly less than two beisa can be added on because, as we said, there isn't allowed to be two full beisa of unused space. So, in this case, we're saying that Rav doesn't allow this erev encompassing seven if all they need is five. But why is that? We just mentioned that the minimum size an erev is allowed to have is slightly less than eight. So why is this Erev of seven not being allowed? The Gemara says, Loi, Panim Kalim, it actually means it's not to be vacant of Kalim, not people, meaning this Cheshman that we made that each person gets two Beisah, so therefore the minimum size is allowed to be, even if people aren't actually using it, is less than eight saw. That's actually wrong, and it actually depends solely on their actual requirements necessary for space needed. Therefore, if they made it seven and they only need five, that would be Usr to carry in. And the Gemara continues, Itmar, Shleisha, there was three people encamped in an open area, and they surrounded an area that was Mutter, for three people, but then one of them died on Shabbos. Shnaim, or there was two people, and they surrounded an area that was too large for two people. But then, on Shabbos, more people came into their encampment. So, they argue about this. Chanomer one says, Shabbos Karemis, it's Shabbos itself that causes the ability or lack thereof to carry in this area. Chanomer one says, Diurin Garmin, it's the amount of resonance in this area that caused the ability. So, therefore, according to the first Shito, whatever status it had at the beginning of Shabbos, that will continue throughout Shabbos, no matter what happens to the resonance in this area. Whereas, according to the second Shito, it's all dependent on the residents, so when someone dies, they are not allowed to carry in this area anymore, whereas when more people come, then they would be allowed to carry in it, even though when Shabbos came in, they were not allowed to. And the Gemara suggests, Let's say it's Rav Huna that says that Shabbos is the cause of the validity or invalidity of this area, and nothing is going to change. The Amar Rabbah Rabbah says, I asked this question of Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda, Let's say a person made an Erev by way of the opening, and the opening was closed off, he made an air by way of a window, and the window was closed off. Mahu, what's the halacha? Now we already know that Midaraisa it's mutter to carry from one Rosh to another. However, the Chaman required an 
Chatseruv to be made. So here we're talking about Erev Chatseruv, where there are two Chatseruvs joined together and they're accessible by way of a doorway or by way of a window, but then something happened and now this doorway is closed off or the window was closed off. So what's the halacha? The Amruli and they both told me, Shabbos, since it was permitted to carry here at the beginning of Shabbos, even though now we technically don't have a point of access between these two Chatseruvs, nonetheless, it's still permitted to carry there. So we see that Shabbos Gairemes is the Shita of Rav Huna. The Gemara says to Stayim, okay, we have a proof. And now the Gemara suggests, Let's say Rav Huna and Yitzchak argue in the same achlekes that Rav Yitzchak and Rav Yehuda are arguing in. Then we have a Mishnah. We have chatzah that was broken open from two different directions, and this is not specifically two different directions. It just means that it was broken open into a shesurabim, so we should technically have a problem to carry here. Also, a house that was broken open into a shesurabim. We have a mavui that the kaira or the lechi was taken away. It's permitted to carry there that shabbos. However, in the future, you're not allowed to carry here unless you fix it up. The Rabbi Yehuda, that's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yehuda, he says, and Mutarim Lasa Shabbos, if it's permitted to carry here this Shabbos, so Mutarim Lasa Lave, then it's permitted to carry here in the future. Then Masurim Lasa Lave, but if you're going to tell me that's Asur to carry here in the future, Asurim Lasa Shabbos, then it becomes Asur to carry here on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, Lemer of Huna, the Amr Rabbi Yehuda, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda that whatever status it had at the beginning of Shabbos, that continues for the rest of Shabbos. Rabbi Yitzchok, the Amr Rabbi Yehuda, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda that the status can change in the middle of Shabbos. So the Gemara says it's not a riot because Amr Lachar of Huna, he'll tell you, I know the Amr Yafilu Rabbi Yehuda, I'll even hold like Rabbi Yehuda where he's going to be machmir in this case that we just mentioned. Because Akan Lekam, Rabbi Yesi Hasem, Rabbi Yesi only said that over there, Elo Delasno Lemechitzos, because now the Mechitza fell down. So of course its status is going to change in the middle of Shabbos. But Hacha over here, when we're talking about the caravan where someone either died or more people came, it's in Lemechitzos. We've had valid Mechitzos the entire Shabbos, and therefore the status is going to remain unchanged. And Rabbi Yitzchak Amr, he'll tell you, I know that I'm Rafi Rabbi Huda, I can even hold like Rabbi Huda Lekula in the case where the Mechitza fell down. Akan Lekam, Rabbi Huda Hasem, the reason why he's Lekula is Elo Delasno Lemechitzos, because we have the same amount of people living in this area. Nothing changed in regards to that. But Hach over here, in regards to the caravan where someone died or new people came, less than Lid and we don't have the same amount of people dwelling here, so therefore the status could potentially change on Shabbos. So we have no raya that they're both arguing about the same thing. And the Gemara continues explaining the mission of Acham, Aymrim Echem Mishnei Dvarim, and the Gemara asks, Hainu Tanakama. That's the same thing as the Tanakama. As we mentioned briefly in the Mishnah, that this last part of the Mishnah seems redundant. First, we had a Rabbi Huda saying that the Hetar of Amchitza being only Shesri or Erev is only with a Shayar, but not an individual. And the Chachamim responded that it's permitted even for Yachid. And right afterwards, we had the same exact discussion between Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yehud, and the Chachamim. So why do we need to have two of the same discussions in the Mishnah? So the Gemara says, the difference between these two different shitas of Chachamim is Yachid B'Yishiv if we have an individual living in a city. According to the first Chachamim, this heter is only extended beyond the Shayar to an individual if he's out in the field. But in the city, he is not allowed to use an Erev that's only Shasi or Erev. Whereas the second shitas of Chachamim says, even an individual in a city is allowed to have an Erev that's only Shasi or Erev. And now since in the previous Mishnah, we mentioned the Kula for a caravan, we list a number of other types of Kulas for caravan-type things, such as, the Mishnah says, There are four things that Chachamim allowed in a camp, which is referring to an army camp. Jewish soldiers are encamped, so we're allowing four different things. They're allowed to bring wood from any place. They don't have to wash their hands. They're allowed to eat Demai. We know this is produce from an Ama Aretz. We're in doubt if you took off the proper Maestras, hence the name Demai, a conjugation of Da-Mai, what is this? And it's forbidden to eat without taking off proper Maestras. This was relaxed for soldiers. And the last thing is, Umila Arev, they do not have to make a proper Erev. And of course, the Gemara is going to explain all these. The Gemara says, Tan Rabbanan, Machne, an army camp, that's going out to a voluntary war. We know there's two different types of war, Machamas Roshos and Machamas Mitzvah. Most wars fought were voluntary. Some wars, such as Yeshua's conquest of Eretz Yisrael, was Machamas Mitzvah. So soldiers going out, even till Machamas Roshos, they're allowed to literally steal dry wood, but it means they're allowed to reappropriate it for their use. And Rabbi Huda he says, 
Makam, they're even allowed to encamp anywhere they want, even if it's on private property. And wherever they are killed, they're allowed to be buried exactly in that spot, and they do not have to be moved to a different place, even if it's private property. And the Gemara says, They're allowed to steal or reappropriate dry wood for their use. The Gemara says, That's not a Chiddush, This is a Takana that Yeshua made when he went into Eretz Yisrael. Yeshua made 10 different conditions when we went into Eretz Yisrael. And among them were, that people are allowed to pasture their animals in forested areas, even though they're privately owned. That's because all the things that these animals are going to find in the area were most probably Hefker. And people are allowed to go into other people's fields and take wood from their field because most probably it's Hefker. So what type of Chiddush is the Mishnah teaching us saying that soldiers are allowed to take wood even though it probably belongs to someone else? We already know this from the days of Yeshua. So the Gemara says, Hasim over there, Yeshua's Takana was, Behizmi Behigi was talking about low bushes that a person is most probably Mafker. But Hacha, we're talking Bashar Eitzim, all other sorts of wood. The Gemara says, Inami, or, and over here really means, and, Hasam bimachubarm, over there we're also talking about the heter of taking wood from someone else's field is that it's mechubar takarka. Hach, over here we're talking about betlushim, it's already detached from the ground. Inami, and Hasam over there we're talking about lachin, it's moist wood, so therefore a person's going to be mafkarit because there's no real use for moist wood. Hach, over here we're talking about yevashim, it's dry firewood, nonetheless the soldiers are still allowed to take it for their use. And we continue explaining this, Rabbi Yehudim and Tamer he says, they can encamp anywhere they want, wherever this soldier is killed, that's where he's allowed to be buried. The Gemara says, Pshita, the last thing that we mentioned, this soldier is buried wherever he's killed, is not a Chiddush, because Mes Mitzvah, he's just a regular classic case of a Mes Mitzvah, Mes Mitzvah, he acquires the place where he is, and we do not have to move him anywhere else, even if the place where he died is Rosh Hashanah. And we know what a Mes Mitzvah is, we know that someone's walking along the way, and he sees that someone passed away, so he's allowed to bury him exactly where he finds him, even if it's on private property. So why is the soldier any different than that? What's the Chiddush? The Gemara says, the Chiddush is, Afalgav, even though he has people that are going to bury him, meaning he has relatives that will take care of his kivura, and he's not necessarily considered a mes mitzvah. Nonetheless, we're still allowed to bury him where he is. Tanya, we have a brayso. Is a mes mitzvah? What's the definition of a mes mitzvah? Anyone that doesn't have anyone to bury him, he's a complete loner. He doesn't have any relatives or anyone to care for his burial needs. But if this person were to have called out to someone and others would answer him, meaning he has relatives to come and help him, ends a mes mitzvah. Then he's not a mes mitzvah. But now the Gemara asks, mes mitzvah kind of coming? Does he really acquire the place where he is? Tanya, we have a brayso. How much he a person finds a corpse along in a public thoroughfare. He should move him along to the right side of this public thoroughfare, or the small strato, or to the left side. So they bore a snake near. Let's say there's an empty field on one side or a plowed field on the other side. He should bring him to the empty field because that's going to be less of a loss of money to bury him there. So they near, so they zera. Let's say it's a plowed field on one side and a planted field on another side. Mefanel stay near. He should bring him to the plowed field and not to the planted field again because there's going to be less of a loss to bury him there. If both of them were plowed, both of them were planted, both of them were empty, he can bring them to any side that he wants. But we see very clearly that a mes mitzvah is not kainam akaymai, and we actually have to move him from where he is. So the Gemara answers, we're talking about a mes which is on the border, and Rashi explains that he stretched completely across this Rosh Hashanah from one end to another. And because he's situated in such a position, if we're going to bury him where he is, then kaihanim are going to have to step over him or over his caver, and they're going to become tame. So in order not to inconvenience the kaihanim, we're allowed to move him to the side, and the Gemara continues. Since we're allowed to move him away from the border, so then you're already allowed to move him to any direction that you want. And the Gemara continues explaining, soldiers do not have to wash their hands. The Gemara says, This is 
talking about the water you wash your hands with at the beginning of the meal. That's a chiv. A person must wash their hands. And now a little bit about Why do we say that it's a chiv to wash Because a person might have this Sodom salt on his hand and that could blind his eyes. So therefore, he has to wash his hand. The Gemara Brachas teaches that after everything you eat, you should eat salt. So since they would eat salt after the meal and they would dip their fingers into it and eat it, so to wash that salt off because it could potentially blind their eye. And the Gemara continues, How prevalent is this salt? One grain of this salt is found in an entire core of salt, but nonetheless, you still have to wash your hands. And he asked him the following question, What about if a person measured out salt? Does he have to wash his hands or is this thing specifically for eating? He said, That's not even a question. Of course, if he's handling a lot of salt, of course he would have to wash his hands. The Chiddush is that even when he's eating and he touches it a little bit of salt, he still has to wash his hands. But again, the whole hetar of soldiers not having to wash their hands is not my machreinim, it's my rishainim. We said soldiers are allowed to eat demai. Both poor people and soldiers are allowed to be fed demai. Since it's not a vade that Meister wasn't separated, so the Chacham relaxed the Isser with poor people to enable them to obtain food with greater ease, and with soldiers that were fed by the town people to make it easier on the townspeople to feed them. But the Gemara says this is not agreed on by everyone. They say, no feeding poor people and soldiers and the last thing we had said they don't have to make a proper Erev this was only taught only in regards to making Erev let's say this was a very large army encampment and they had a number of separate Chatseris set up within their encampment so then they don't have to make Erev Chatseris but in regards to Tchum Shabbos Chayovin they would be Chayv if they go outside the Tchum without a proper Erev a person would get Malkus for being over on Tchum Shabbos and this is a Midday Raisa but the Gemara asks on that are we going to get Malkus for a lav that starts with an al? And the Pasuk of Tchum Shabbos starts out with al yetzi ish, not with lo yetzi ish. And immediately the Gemara asks on Rabbi Yenison, it says in the Pasuk, don't turn to Ivis and Yudainim, which is some sort of black magic. Are you going to say you're not going to get Malkus for that? Of course there's Malkus for going to black magic. So the Gemara answers, no, Rabbi Yenison, this is Rabbi Yenison's question. This is a lav that's being given as Azhara for Misa of Bezin, ain't like an olive. You can't get Malkus on that. We know that anytime the Torah gives a punishment of Misa for transgressing a given lav, there also has to be a separate Pasuk that serves as the Azhara, the warning not to do so. That's a lav, and according to Rabbi Yenison, this Pasuk is also used to warn against carrying on Shabbos. He understands the Pasuk as saying, Al don't take something out on Shabbos. So he says, if this is a lav, so you can't get Malkus on it. So Gemara says, Amravashi, Miksev Al Yoytzi, does it say, Al Yoytzi, don't take out? Al Yoytzi, it says, don't go out, which means, don't go outside the Tchum without a proper Erev. So this is not a lav, Shinitin, Lazar, Mises, Bezdin. This is a regular lav. This is the Isra Dairaisa of Tchumin. Therefore, if we relaxed Erevin for soldiers, it must be that it was relaxed with Erevi Chatseris and not Erevi Tchumin. Hajim Lach Mavoy, Mazda for finishing the first parak of Masechah's Erevin. We should be Zechah to finish all of Erevin together and all of Shas together. We're going to conclude here for the day and start out with a fresh parak and fresh Mishnah tomorrow. But for now, everyone should continue to have a fantastic day.